1: Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
2: All right, New Year, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning us in once again. Jason Wheeler here with Jason Whiteley. This is our very first Yolitics podcast of the year. And what a busy week this is because Wednesday... It's all about Wednesday. You know, a lot of people have been thinking about Tuesday because of that huge Senate election, that double Senate election in Georgia. But Wednesday is what it's all about, Jason, because that's when the Electoral College uh, results uh, go to the U.S. Congress and they are certified. At least that's usually what happens.
0: Yeah, and it's normally just a routine vote, as you've likely heard now on the news, where Congress will say, "Okay, electoral college, you guys, uh, you know, voted for this person here to be the next president." Fine, boom, stamp, signed, seal delivered, and that person is inaugurated. This year, though, you have Republicans in the House and now in the Senate. One of them, led by Ted Cruz, Texas senator, saying that, "Oh no, 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 we we don't we don't buy." the Electoral College results because they are from states that didn't conduct their elections properly. Now, of course, this is what the Trump what the president's been saying the whole time with without any evidence.
2: Yeah. So here we are uh, in the first week of January, and it feels like we might as well be back in the first week of November with so many question marks hanging over what's going to happen this week. And we have to talk about this because, of course, it's a huge national story. It's a huge Texas story, though, too, Jason, because, you know, we had a representative here in Texas who who filed a lawsuit asking that uh, Vice President Pence be able to essentially choose which electors should be allowed from whatever states. Uh, We had that lawsuit tossed out by a federal judge here in Texas, who incidentally had been appointed by President Trump. And now one of our two uh, sitting U.S. senators here in Texas is leading the charge. That would be Senator Ted Cruz leading the charge to seriously contest uh, the election of uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris as uh, Congress takes this up.
0: And so Ted Cruz has said publicly, he knows that this is not going anywhere. He knows that, that uh, the Democratic-led House and Republican-led Senate will not change who is going to be inaugurated. So what is his motivation? And Jason, you and I have been doing this long enough to know there is nothing you should really take in politics at, at face value, at the surface level.
2: Yeah, you know, and uh, so we decided to get someone uh, on with us today who knows that way better than we do, in fact, because she has been a huge power player in GOP politics for many, many years. She has raised Tons of money for Republicans uh, over the last decades. And she has traveled the world uh, coaching others in how to establish and better democracy in their own countries. Uh, So she just had the perfect resume to talk about this. Uh, We're talking about Nancy Bosker. She is the former, now former, director of the Center for Women in Politics and Public Policy at Texas Women's University in Denton. Uh, She recently had to to leave that uh, high post so that she could tend to some family issues in Ohio. But she says she is still as plugged in as ever uh, into Texas politics. And she agreed to take a look, as you say, behind what we are seeing face value wise. So, Nancy, let me just ask you uh, your top line reaction, first of all, to to all that's going on in the world of politics with the presidential election that, you know, we, we thought was over in November, but it's not quite over.
3: No, it's, it's not. Um, it, there there are moments I sway from, oh my gosh, this is a constitutional crisis, to it's all theater. And if anything, President Trump has been good at is, is theater. And right now, we have uh, people that are joining in and are becoming part of his production.
2: I will say this too, before anybody goes totally off the rails here, Nancy, over the years, you have helped many a Republican candidate uh, with their campaigns and especially with fundraising, you know, raising gobs of money. So you know, this isn't some some leftist uh, no. person that we have here on the podcast talking about this. No,
3: my gosh, my I, I cut my teeth in Republican politics uh, as a teenager um And my first job in Washington D.C. was with a freshman congressman named Newt Gingrich. So I have grown up and have gone in and out of uh, Newt Gingrich world, and so it is particularly uh, concerning to me as a lifelong Republican, or as my mother says, I came, you know, was a Republican out of the womb, and uh, (laughs) uh, yet. As, as I am questioned a lot, uh, because I've been vociferous about this crisis of Trump's making, um, that we're not North Korea, right? I want t-shirts to say we're not North Korea. Right now, Newt Gingrich and I are not agreeing on what's happening.
0: Nancy, I have so many questions. I mean, from all of that. So in 1994, when uh, Speaker Gingrich released a contract contract for America, I think that's, was that what it was called? Contract yes, with contract America?
3: America? Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So everyone thought at the time, well, not everyone, a lot of people thought at the time that he represented the most uh, far right part of the Republican Party. I, I don't think, I don't think they would probably say that today. Uh, a few questions based on that. You said this is political theater, but this seems to go beyond theater just on the surface for somebody who's you know sitting in the middle like myself and Jason. Um, but I'm also curious, it, it, do you think as a lifelong conservative that what the president is doing, what Missouri Senator Josh Hawley is doing, what Ted Cruz is doing, what Vice President Mike Pence is doing and the rest of them, is that conservatism?
3: Right now, um, it's not. Trump has never been a conservative. Trump is Trump. This isn't conservatism. It is Donald Trumpism. And there are people who are very frightened of Donald Trump. And when you see that even Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who has been a Trump uh, supporter from day one, all of a sudden backed off today right? And said, I'm not going to go along with these other senators. Well, the president has already tweeted about him. And now he's named all of these people in Congress that are actually going to vote to rat, uh, to certify the election. He's called them the surrender caucus, right? I mean, it's always the, this negativity. And, and so that really fundamentally bothers me because uh the world has changed so much since, uh, 2010 when the, uh, you know, the tea party started about 2009, 2010 after Obamacare. And it was really for fiscal conservatism as we were looking at that. Well, it's really, it is, it is morphed. When you have the two U S senators, the new, um, from Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn and the new, uh, new Haggerty who was just, Haggerty, yeah. yes. Um, they're gonna. They're supporting uh, Donald Trump. Well, when we had statesmen, when we had a Bob Corker, when we had Lamar Alexander, who just retired, those people were elected before this new wave that has more from Tea Party into the Trump world uh, really happened. And and so it, it is. It has been a sea change in the last decade of what it even. Means being a Republican. I'm sure I am called a Rhino on a regular basis, and and it kind of makes me laugh. Given that, I've I've raised money for Speaker John Boehner, uh, Newt Gingrich, and and many other key conservatives in Congress over the yeah, years. Yeah, Nancy.
2: Nancy, let me ask you that since you bring up money, because I want to go there. Yeah. But first, I want to ask you: Have you ever tallied up just ballpark figure how much money you think you've raised for the GOP over <laughs> your career?
3: You know, I, I know, in one race, I raised six point eight million um wow. back about twenty years ago. You know, it's I don't know for close to a hundred million, but it has been millions and millions of, of okay. dollars in
2: that's it, a lot of zeros. it's a lot, uh, uh,
3: it's a lot okay. of zeros. and well,
2: as Newt Gingrich reportedly had told you many years ago when he recruited you into fundraising, he said, you're pleasantly persistent. Absolutely. And apparently, That worked. Uh, So, you know, possibly upwards of 100 million dollars that you've helped the GOP raise over the years. There have been people who are currently elected, as well as people who just left public office, who have alleged that these Senator Josh Hawley's of Missouri, these, you know, the Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, that they are making this huge push and making all of this noise right now, possibly because they may have future presidential ambitions and this is a way to generate some news. This is a way to grab those Trump supporters four years from now and to maybe grab some donations from those oh. supporters as we speak. How effective is something like this? You've been in the, the money world. How effective is it uh, to get those dollars pouring in and to get that attention?
3: Well, you know, I always say there's two things that motivate people, fe- um, fear and anger. Right now, what these guys are doing is list building, right? They want to run for President Josh Hawley in 2024. He's testing the waters. He puts that out there and raises, you know, I have not seen the totals. I was trying to find that before our, palm ca- our podcast today. But they, they put it out there because every time they get a donor, we know that once a donor gives, they will give again and again and again. You, just, you know, it, especially as something uh, that you are, especially when it deals with anger, so um, what I think it is really what I find appalling as a fundraiser is that post election, um, Donald Trump raised more than 200 million dollars in, in order to so-called contest this electoral college.
0: Nancy, what is the, what happens to the traditional conservatives like uh, Mitt Romney, like maybe yourself, the uh, you know Reagan Republicans? Do they do they go along with the, uh, you know, the, the, the new senators from or the new senator from Tennessee, the, the people who may not be the, the statesmen yet? Uh, or is there a home for them in the Republican Party? That's what I'm trying to well, ask.
3: Well, it's very hard. Uh, former Senator Bill Cohen of Maine, who was secretary of defense, who is right. just one of the greatest people I know, um, he said, is it time for a new party? Here's the thing, I have been asked a lot and I've done a lot of uh, analysis for international groups post-election on what the heck is happening in America. And they wanna know about the future of the Republican party. And the Republican party is the Trump party until at least January 20th. Then we're gonna see what happens because as long as Trump has the bully pulpit of Twitter and he intimidates and bullies others, uh, people are scared. So I right. think that there are still hardcore real conservatives or even moderate republicans, the old-time republicans um that are concerned about spending. That So are, where do they go? And right wh- wh- where now where do those I people go Nancy? It, is there a new party? Well, that's what Bill Cohen has proposed. There have been several people um I don't know where they're going to go right now. Um is it going to be Uh, People out there that continue to vote Republican down party and, you know, down ticket until we see who the new, you know, who's going to come around in 2024. And even though it's only four years away, no one predicted Donald Trump as the nominee in 2016.
2: Nancy, you've been called a democracy coach uh, going to places all around the world, basically coaching candidates on on how to win an election, how to run a a campaign. Uh, You've encouraged a lot of women to run for office in other places. The next time you head abroad, who knows when that will be, but the next time you do that— how do you answer people when they ask you what's going on in the US? How have you answered people when you put these analyses together for them post-election? What are you saying to
3: people? That we have to trust the system. Look, Donald Trump with his nominations to the Supreme Court truly believed because that was he they were his team that they were going to rule in his favor. And they didn't they looked at the law and in many places I work, the law is ignored. And here we still rule by law. And I have to, when when I go off and get a little concerned and haven't slept because I think we're having a constitutional crisis, my calmer friends who are Republicans go, Nancy, you have to trust the system. And so far the system has, has worked. Um, I was preparing a presentation in, um, Moldova, which is a tiny impoverished country um, and the most corrupt in in Europe, Um, a billion dollars is missing from their treasury. And so when I go over there to teach fundraising skills, I, I had to develop a presentation on what is it that we have in America that Moldova and most of the world don't. And it's the three T's. It is we have to have trust, Transparency and tithing, and 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 it's interesting. So I give this presentation, and by the way, as a footnote, for the first time ever, Moldova elected a female president, and she is a pro democracy woman that won and beat the Russian-backed candidate by with fifty seven percent. So um, change does happen, but it is interesting that that presentation that I give internationally, I now have to give in the United States is my. American pep talk, right?
0: Here, here's what strikes me is that even after the president leaves office, his supporters aren't going away. No. And his supporters are riled up. And it seems like Hawley and Cruz, Senators Hawley and Cruz, are, are kind of playing to that. But there are completely uh, another group of traditional Republicans, Reagan Republicans. And if the If the party doesn't split, I'm curious what you think the GOP looks like 10 years down the road, because when you were working 25 years ago for Newt Gingrich, you couldn't have predicted this.
3: No, I I didn't. And, you know, I always want to have a sidebar when when I am am Newt is attacked for starting this for starting this uh, anger politics, you know growing up there and and being around being around it when he was uh, i did his fundraising while he was my uh minority whip you know when we went after democratic a democratic congressman it was because of um bouncing checks at the at the at the US Congress, right? I mean, normal Americans can't bounce checks, but congressmen can't. Or Don Roskinkowski from Illinois illegally purchased stamps. I mean, it was issues that were bread and butter issues that Americans couldn't get away with this kind of behavior, right? Consequences for bad behavior. So when I am attacked personally, because how did you work for someone like that? I went, it was a very different, comparison and very different opposition it was not a personal attack um you know that like donald trump has attacked everyone again this morning on twitter he attacked paul ryan because former speaker paul ryan has, has written about this is attack on our democracy so what uh, what does the republican party look like i i you know i it's 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 scary to me
2: before we let you go here, what does this next couple of weeks shake out like if you're looking at your crystal ball?
3: Can I just go crawl in a hole and just hope it's all over? Because I take I take all of this rage way too personally since I, um, you know, I, I never and let's just be clear. And I'm happy to say it to him, Congressman Kevin Brady was my client forever. Hmm. And to see him join in with questioning this election. I was absolutely stunned, but and I'm trying to figure out, are these guys this, and women, are they this scared of, of Trump? But I also think they're scared of those people who support Trump because nobody wants to be primaried from the right wing come 2022.
2: Well, Nancy, thanks for uh, for doing this with us today and 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 agreeing to be on the podcast before you go crawl into that hole for the next couple of weeks. Uh, We really do appreciate your perspective. So
0: Nancy wants to crawl into a hole (laughs) and she is not the only Republican
2: who probably wants to crawl
0: into a hole. You can tell, Jason, the people who are out there making these comments, those are the ones who, you know, are positioning themselves for 2024 or for whatever reason, they're the ones who, who want to be out front on this. There are plenty of others though who are silent. And those are the ones that I guarantee you probably want to be in the hole there with Nancy.
2: You're right. But, you know, it's it's amazing how public this has gotten as far as this feud goes uh, in the Republican Party. Some, all four are challenging the, these results, these Electoral College results. But even, you know, Liz Cheney, uh, Representative Liz Cheney, who is high up in the House, uh, GOP uh, stalwart there, uh, says that this is an exceptionally dangerous precedent to essentially have Congress override what states have already certified as far as how the vote went. So this This is a really interesting dynamic that's playing out. And Jason, as you said, a lot of people uh, in the party are just sort of shying away. Nancy there saying that she'd just like to go hide in a hole. But then you have people who say, oh, no, you know, I'm I'm not hiding in any holes. I'm all about, you know, what's happening here. I'm all about us challenging this. And I'm, you know, pushing forward with the party here. I'm I'm feeling good about things. And one of those people is the former chairman of the Texas Republican Party, James Dickey. So we had to pull him into the conversation. and 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 just sort of probe some of that contrast.
0: Yeah. Happy New Year to you.
1: Tell us what you are doing right now. So I am working with uh, donors in a handful of states who would like to replicate in those states the success we had in Texas in registering new conservative voters that made a huge difference in the victories we had up and down the ballot in Texas in 2020.
2: So, uh, James, which Republican Party are you registering voters for? Because it almost seems like there are two of them these days as we see these fights play out over the Electoral College and this sort of loyalty test uh, to President Trump. Uh, Do you get the sense that the party has has sort of fractured here some?
1: Oh, absolutely not. The, you know, President Reagan uh, said that we are a Big Ten party and that of course we have factions and that those factions of course uh, fight it out in the primaries. But when it comes time for election, when it, come time, it comes time for leadership, we get behind those who are uh, elected to their positions. Well, that said, James,
0: what do you make of what's going on in D.C. with uh, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley coming out saying he's going to object to uh, uh, Biden's win and now uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz? Talk about the motivations here a little bit. Is this because they they want to stay in good with Trump supporters who are also their supporters or are they uh, positioning themselves for 2024 trying to get the headlines and potentially fundraise off this or what?
1: Well, obviously there are a lot of different motivations and I can't speak to the motivations of uh, any, especially those I don't know, like Senator Hawley. Um, but we've seen we've seen several sets of motivation. We've seen people who want to continue the fight. We've seen people who uh, want to make sure the principles are heard. And that's my big concern in all of this is there are legitimate concerns around election integrity. We have fought for those here in Texas. Here's what perplexes
0: me. These are the same elections that many Republicans were also re-elected to office on. So if the ballot is not working for them, how is it or, or is working for them? How is it not working for for President Trump?
1: Well, and that was exactly the point that was raised by Congressman Roy yesterday. Uh, and in fact, he did. he He objected that a vote in Congress to decide whether or not to seat the members of Congress elected in those same states where there's concern about the presidential election. and And your points, not an invalid one. If if there are concerns up and down the ballot, odds are those concerns should be up and down the ballot, uh, if there are concerns with ballots in general.
0: So if, if the courts have, have looked at this and said there's nothing there, and you have the Electoral College and, and many of these states, Georgia, you know, a perfect example is a Republican state, if they say it was a fair election, um, what more is there to do that a an independent audit that a commission, uh, you know, that uh, Ted Cruz wants set up, what more can that commission do that the courts and Electoral College and all of these individual states have not done?
1: It is a very late thing. It It is an allowable step, but it's very unlikely to be successful. Whether or not it's the right thing to do to challenge, the the folks who are who have been elected to represent their folks that to represent their constituents, um, they believe it is. We'll see, but uh, you know we'll see about whether it has any impact. It is unlikely having these challenges. The most effective time to do them is long before the election, not after. Traditionally,
2: conservatism conservatism has been about states' rights, Um, and, and, and now we've seen this proposal that maybe there needs to be a federal commission to determine whether states individually did the right thing in certifying their electors. Does that go counter to what Republicans believe when it comes to federalism?
1: Well, no question are uh, the basis of limited government in an uh in our United States is a federalist setup that within the Constitution, uh, you have the process for the Electoral College. And there is a critical role for Congress to play in the Electoral College uh, acceptance and in the presidential election uh, that's related in this, um, whether it that role is laid out in the constitution and the and the argument is is it purely a ministerial role purely administrative role or is there a qualitative amount to it and there unquestionably will be battles come out no matter how uh how that comes down but that's a that's a relevant discussion for us to have that's a that's a very valid political constitutional question for us to have if there is evidence
0: we haven't seen any. But if there is evidence, as soon as they people in 30 years, when people walk out of a courthouse and they say, you know, if they got a bad ruling against them, they'll, they will come out and say, you know what, though? Here's the evidence right here. The judge won't hear it. The jury won't hear it. But let me let me play it out in the court of public opinion. We haven't seen a single shred that shows anything.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that I would agree that we haven't seen a shred that shows anything. Uh, But but you are right. We have not seen an overwhelming um, we've seen some things that are that are questionable. Uh, We've seen some things that have explanations, Um, but uh, but we have not seen, uh, as I said, that I wish I wish that we had uh, sworn sworn affidavits that that validate some of the stories we've heard.
0: James, it's good to talk to you, man. I know we took more time than we uh, we asked for, but great to see you again.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. all right, so sworn affidavits. You
0: know, courts have dismissed every one of the legal challenges, and state after state. Yeah, you've already had the states, many of them Republican, who have certified these elections. The Electoral College has already voted. Is anything going to change on Wednesday, January the sixth, after the uh, you know Republicans in the House and Senate come out? No, nothing's going to change. Right, but it is this whole exercise that we are seeing in 2024 politics jason
2: yeah and uh we we have yet to see those uh, those sworn statements and 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 that proof uh that that so many have talked about the receipts uh, essentially for for what's being claimed here uh but we are going to see uh all of this play out as we head through this week again usually this is a process that would happen uh on this wednesday and would finish up on this wednesday but uh It may not quite go that way this time around. Uh, We shall see. But as always, uh, we want to thank everybody for uh, being with us in this very first week of a brand new year. Uh, You know, 2020 was a very political year. I have a feeling, Jason, that uh, 2021 is not going to feel much like a drop off.
0: Yeah, man, I I doubt it. You know, definitely glad to have you guys back. We appreciate you sticking with us. And it will not be a drop off. Two dates to remember. We started this podcast talking about January 6th two other dates to remember january 12th tuesday next tuesday that's when the texas legislature reconvenes in austin a very Mm -hmm. different session than in the past because of covid and then january the 20th also is when joe biden president-elect will be inaugurated in a very different inauguration in washington dc so until then we appreciate you listening